Hey guys, welcome to the Player 5 Podcast. My name is Brendan, and with me as always is Austin. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing marvelous, man. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, so welcome to another episode. We are going to be covering a pretty good amount of news. There's a pretty good bit of news this week. I mean, I thought it was going to be slow, uh, but... I don't know. There's been a bunch of stuff just up and like hit us at the last minute this this week. A, you know, a lot of a lot of cool stuff, definitely, and we'll be definitely more than happy to get into it. But I do want to say, you know, this theme song, Rendon, uh, I I definitely had a funny reason as to choosing an old Game Boy Color, specifically probably one that a lot of people don't know theme song. It's of Lucky Luke. Um, I had one of those uh, really good internet moments uh, this week, Rendon. The, the type that everyone should have. Uh, so shout out to this guy on Instagram named uh, Thomas Francisco. There was this random stupid Instagram post that it was some like water art thing. They, they drew something on a concrete. They threw water on it and it made art and they made it of Lucky Luke. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go through this comment section because no one knows who Lucky Luke is. I have to be the only one. And one person I mean, in there. I only know because of you, so. Right? But one person in there out of all these comments was like, Lucky Luke. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm so glad. I, I replied, I was like, I'm glad someone got it. I thought yeah. I was going to be the only one in here. Uh, I know him from the Game Boy. He was Because Lucky Luke was the very first game I ever owned. Uh, my mother gave me a Game Boy Color at six years old on Easter. It's the first thing. It was the first gaming thing I owned, and Lucky Luke was the first game I ever played. So wow. it had it holds a special heart to me. I thought I thought that was it, uh, an interesting thing to to say on this podcast. But uh, yeah, he he said, "Wait, there's a Game Boy Color game of it." I played it on the PlayStation One, and I was like, "Wait, there's a PlayStation game of it? What?" So um, <laughs> that definitely got ordered. Uh, shout out to Thomas Francisco because you just got a random like $3 check to the Lucky Luke brand for a PS1 game. So just wow. one of those little little fun internet moments I wanted to share as well as a fun little do background you... of my beginning into gaming. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, do you have a PS1? How are you going to play it? You can play it on PS2. I have PS2. Oh, okay. All right, all right. I didn't, I back didn't... when games were backward, or game consoles were backwards. Backwards compatible. <laughs> yeah, like that's not even a thing. But uh, yeah, so we have another few other things we want to mention. Uh, ODST is getting a shout out, I guess, in the form of a Slayer playlist coming to Halo 5, which is, I mean, you kind of called it whenever you said that they should make a ODST Battle Royale. I mean, this isn't mm-hmm. it, but it's it's close, so kudos it is. to you. <laughs> and, and it's for the 10th year anniversary of ODST, and I thought it was interesting that they, if you are playing in the Slayer, they refine the way that your health is and the guns that you get. Obviously, they give you the silencer, SMG, and such. So apparently, it's a lot easier to die in this, uh, yeah. this version. You don't have as much health. So I thought that was really cool. Which is crazy, though, to me, because, I mean, we recently have played Halo 5, and then we got back into Halo 3, and... I mean, you die really fast in Halo 5, so if you die even faster, I don't know if I want to play that, to be honest. <laughs> like, in Halo 5, one of my big complaints is that you don't give a get a huge amount of time to retaliate, because, like, in Halo 3, you had, you know, your shields were really strong, so, um, I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint trailer is, uh, or, or the, the beta is now live. We got a funny trailer from it. Five minutes uh, featured Lil Wayne. I thought it was funny. I know I'm a big fan amazing. of Lil Wayne. I know that you may not be as much, but it was it was funny. You have to admit. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it was very, very well done video. And uh, I, I mean, just because this is just part of our quick mission, we won't really get into it. But um, I think it's pretty funny that they're releasing their beta right at the same time Call of Duty released their beta. I mean, they released it, I want to say, like less than two weeks ago. So they're like, yeah. they're trying to get some of that, some of the players come over and be like, Call of Duty's not, you know, well, this is definitely competition happening. I definitely think it was a good commercial to bring that in. I also just kind of want to mention for anyone who might possibly be Little Wayne fans out there, kind of quietly happened, but the original or 20 songs from the original Carter 5 that we never got somehow leaked like two or three days ago. So wow. get on oh, yeah, YouTube, you my boys, and saw, get those. Snapped or something. Yeah, I remember you <laughs> That's, that's me all I've that. been playing for the last few days yeah. is the original Carter 5. It's great. Uh, yeah. Link's Awakening drops tomorrow as of recording. So today, as you are listening, if you listen to this on the day of it drops, so definitely excited. Renan, are you buying it day one? I am not because I am playing Borderlands right now. So, <laughs> so and it's 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 a day three to, to day seven buy, right? It's a day when I finish Borderlands three buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sakurai made some comments about smash was actually awesome i don't know what this is what is this i actually need to know i I thought it was a really cool thing a lot of us thought that sakurai was not going to do smash after four and he commented that he wasn't but the uh late and great satoru iwata um made a request very shortly before his death that said the switch is going to be big please make a another smash bros game for it and in the jap in japan's culture Honor and and loyalty is like a lot bigger than in most other cultures. And so I think it's really a testament to how much you've seen him put work into this game because I think it's, I think this would not be a thing if, if Satoru didn't ask him shortly before his untimely death. Um, and and so I I thought that was really good. Yeah. I, I thought that was really good. And, um, Another thing that I wanted to mention was for that that pertains to Smash is that a a user on Reddit went on Nintendo of America's, Nintendo of UK's, and Nintendo of Japan's Twitters and decided to take the time on all of their Smash Bros. announcements to round up everyone people have been requesting and put them on a data sheet. And he went, he gave us the top 10 in every country that is being uh, requested for. Now, I'm not going to go through all of that. That's too much. There was only one character, Rendon, to make every single list. And not only that, he was number one on two of the lists and number two. And these are all characters that have not been released. So, like, excluding the banjos and the sands and such like that. Because those have obviously been recent, even though they just got released. Um, and that was Sora from Kingdom Hearts was number one in Japan and America and number two in UK. Uh, what I also thought was interesting in America, the top three was Sora number one, Crash number two, and Shantae number three. So three characters that I've actually been saying. Uh, and I did say many, many moons ago and that I'm going to remind that I predicted, you, you said no, but I predicted Sora as the fifth character to be released for Smash DLC because I said that they're going to announce someone that appeals to everyone and not just one region as they kind of have been doing so far. So he's still my pick and it seems like a lot of people are, are leaning towards it. Yeah. So, interesting data. I just thought. Yeah. That, that's, that is interesting. Uh, Sora is obviously a easy, like a obvious pick to me. Like I, I'm not surprised by that at all. Yes. 
Um, he also I, confirmed that uh, Goku and Iron Man will not be coming to Smash because those have been other huge requests that he gets from the American culture, apparently. And he decided to go ahead and let us know it's not happening. <laughs> I know. Okay, I don't get that. Like, where where did Iron Man come from? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's weird. We um, don't make sense over here in the U.S. We we ask for no, too much. You're right. <laughs> um, all right. The last couple shoutouts is Sony has bought insomniac games that's old news we found that out whenever they bought spider-man but in doing so they also now own sunset overdrive which was a microsoft or xbox exclusive for many mm-hmm. years so that's kind of a weird you know situation uh, i mean with however how little how little uh you know xbox has as far as exclusive these days it's weird now they have one literally taken from them by their competition so it's a little weird right um also, GameStop has redesigned one of their stores already. Um, weirdly enough, in Oklahoma, of all places. Um, and they showcased it. Well, not official. It was actually a leaked video. And Austin, we both watched the video, but what do you think about it? It looked good. Like, as far as, if we're talking appearances, it looked fantastic. Um, do I think that's going to bring in a lot? I don't know. They had a decent little gaming set up there at the back. They talked about having a spot for tournaments. It's still not big. It's not a big area, but um, right. I, I think it'll make a little bit of splash, and I, I, I think it'll fizzle out again. I, I don't know what GameStop's going to do at this point still. Yeah, I think ultimately you're right that they're never going to be like they were, um, but I think a few of them here and there will survive. Like, Similar to you know how Blockbuster went out of went out of um, business, but they still have one in Alaska because no one has a way to rent movies in Alaska, or there's not as many much internet access in Alaska. Um, <laughs> I think Alaska. that there are going to be GameStops that are based around service as like a service of like places you can go to play games or like play board games and stuff. Sprinkled around the U.S. in places yeah. maybe like Oklahoma, where there's not a place, there's not a arcade bar at in every you know every town like there is pretty much See, now. So maybe that's what they should have done. Combine with the arcade bars and and make one little conglomerate. Because I'm sure arcade bars wouldn't mind a little bit more business, you know. Yeah, no, I know that that seems like a win-win, but um, I just you know when you have GameStop, like this big corporation attached to it, it feels not as like, it doesn't feel yeah. like a bar- barcade, right. you know. It's never right. going to be that like that, but it's we should definitely not take cool. The they're trying to do it. Yeah, but before we go ahead and get into our first topic, I'd like to remind everyone that they can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, thehubcitypost.com, city spelled with an S, which had a new redesigned recently. So shout out to Nick. Um, also, you can find us on Twitter at Player Five Pod and on Instagram at Player Five underscore Podcast. Let us know what you think, topics we should talk about, such and such. We 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 shout people out. Love to hear your thoughts. But uh, Renan, let's go. Let's get into it for the game that's going to keep you away from Link's Awakening for a bit. Borderlands Three. Last yeah. time on last episode, we had about ten minutes before we were able to get in. It has had some time to breathe, and I, it hasn't had the cleanest release, unfortunately, Rendon. I, I, you know, and it's getting review bombed on Borderlands 2 Steam, which is the second time that this is getting review bombed on, on Borderlands 2 Steam. Right. And why is that? It's not because the game is bad. It's because it's having 
some issues playing on a lot of people's PC. Uh, a lot of people were not having a smooth game. Now, Ren and I, I saw you play it, and it was it was playing very well. Now you have a, a custom made PC. You're very the techie nerdy guy, so we we right. know your PC is definitely optimized to handle a lot. But you know, on as you've played it more, do you kind of see some issues arise? And as you think of the grand scheme of maybe a, a person's. I don't want to say average PC, but maybe a casual gamer PC, sort of say. Do you think, you know, the way that Borderlands 3 is running so far is justified for this backlash? And are you personally having issues? Because I haven't really been able to talk to you about it. Yeah, um, well, I definitely think it's justified from the get-go. I want to say that. Um, I actually texted you and I wanted, you know, you to know that I wasn't going to be as biased because... I do love the game. Like, I truly love the game still, like, as I'm saying this. And as much as there are a bunch of glitches, it hasn't taken away from my enjoyment personally too much. Um, But there are things I have had to work around and do. But then I have other people that I know in my life that have it on PC um, that I definitely think is justified at listening to their complaints. So basically... The biggest issue is that the frame rate drops are rampant. Like, there's people who have, you know, a very substantial setup, like a very substantial uh, PC build, and they're getting crazy dips in frames. Like, especially when it goes into, like, loading into zones or loading into a cutscene, you're dropping down to, like, single-digit frames, like, literally five frames per second. And that's just kind of sad when there are games out that have uh you know been out for years that even whenever they came out were way better performing than that and this is a brand new game that they've had i mean literally seven years since their second game and they released a pre-sequel in the telltale game series between that and they tried some other projects in gearbox that wasn't borderland related so they're obviously working on other things but i think that um you know this whole these issues are kind of unacceptable but Mm -hmm. i do have some stuff like so personally i want to talk about what i've specifically been dealing with on my version of the game and i mean you know i'm playing flack the Beastmaster, and you you have these skill trees where you can you have like an action skill and you have a certain pet that you can like run around with and stuff and you invest all into all these skill trees for these abilities and stuff and there are three there are three skill trees for each class and you can kind of spread spread it out accordingly but typically you want to kind of stay within one skill tree to um you know ma- maximize your power level so you know you'll get to the more powerful stuff at the bottom of each skill tree before going on to the next skill tree basically it's just makes it a little more powerful so Anyways, with that said, I've been trying to invest in, you know, one skill tree and I realized that I was I was kind of I got I leveled up to like level 15, I think, and I was like, "You know what? I've been in this skill tree this whole time. I'm going to go over to the next skill tree and invest some points there just to see, you know, what I can do." And it didn't work. So my other two skill trees that I happened to not go to first I can't move my cursor around inside of them at all. Like, I can't move and select a skill. Like, there's a total bug in, on my game 
that I can't even, uh, you know, I can't even uh, explore those skill trees because of the glitch. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of unacceptable. I mean, it, it's affected me. <clears throat> Luckily, you kind of are rewarded for staying in one skill tree already. And I didn't really want to go out to the other one too much. I just thought about, oh, I'll just spin this one real quick. But now I can't. I don't have that ability. So it's like, okay, that's kind of annoying. So, and then, you know, what's funny is I've heard a bunch of complaints and I've seen stuff online and I haven't seen that even brought up yet. So I, I may be one of a few people that are experiencing that and I don't even know when it's going to be uh, or fixed. Or you've gotten far enough into the game where you can mess with your skill tree and now it's bugging where some people might not even having enough enjoyable experience to get that far. Right. It's it's kind of all over the place. We don't really know what's happening. And so the, so the, go ahead. What were you saying? So we, we, I'm sure that we'll, that these will eventually be fixed through updates. We're going to get to that in a second. Who do you blame more? 2k or gearbox? Um, it's hard to say. I want to say gearbox more because the easy answer is you think, you know, if 2k made them, make this deal with Epic, and so they had to run it on Epic, and that's not ideal. Gave like, them a deadline. Know, gave them a deadline for a release because Epic Game Store. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things. It's easy to say 2K, but all in all, it's like they've made these games for years, and it's it's really more of a, you know, where their priorities are, because as far as I know, there are not many complaints at all on consoles, and so I get it, consoles, console gamers outnumber pc gamers i mean currently even though that's changing it's still they still outnumber them so i can understand optimizing but with the console you have full control over what it's going to do because every xbox is exactly the same or every playstation is exactly the same whereas in pc you kind of have to build it that's uh, you have to build it to where it's available to play across multiple specs because people have way different kinds of pcs and different levels of you know pc cost and stuff like that so yeah i mean it's difficult but they've done it like four or five different times it's like yeah. honestly to me even if they've upgraded the graphics they've had so long to work on it and they've done it before i feel as though it's kind of um you know not unforgivable but it's definitely justified that everyone's mad about it right now i want to blame 2k more and okay. that's because Gearbox has had a reputation for me to give them the benefit of the doubt to think that, yeah, even though they may have had time with it and, and such and such, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that could have gone better on their end. I just look at the history of 2K. They're the bigger corporation. They're the people who are like, this is business. We have deadlines. We have this. And it was just last week we were talking about NBA 2K20 that still had 2K19 banners in the game and people could couldn't play the basketball aspect of it where we were I was even joking about the guy who gave it a good review said it's a great casino uh, simulator with a weird basketball uh, mini game in it you know it's like yeah it's pretty brutal <laughs> I'm <laughs> you know it's like all right this is within one month we're having issues with frame rate and, and being able to play a game that's being published by 2k right. and i have to i have to feel like that gearbox has a huge attachment to borderlands i i would say it's their golden child i mean what else are you going to say i mean it's what gearbox put them on the map that? for sure yeah yeah what else does gearbox have that 
that takes them to this level, you know? Right. And I'm sure that they probably pushed the deadline date or, or tried to after after a while. Uh, but I'm sure that that request was not granted. And right. it kind of it kind of sucks when you when you think about the business in that aspect because it's like I'm mad because they shouldn't have put out a game if it was not going to be ready and they knew it was going to be ready. In fact, right. there were people that were like really big on on you know YouTubers that were really big on it that said before the game came out, looking at certain specs and certain interviews and such like that, that they thought PC users were going to have a rough time. And that was apparently a big opinion, and I think even when we went to play it i actually mentioned i heard that it was going to be rough on pc and it was it was seemingly working fine on yours so we kind of dismissed it but it's now very apparent that it is so i don't know right. uh, i'm i'm sure there's there's a blame to gearbox to be given but i would i want to give gearbox a bit of the, the doubt that if they could have delayed it more that they would have and that 2k is who forced them to put it this far so that doesn't take the blame yeah. away from gearbox from how good a job they should have done to all the points that you gave, but uh, right, I, I'm but, really tired of kind of these games that are that are coming out like this, you know. Yeah, and that's very uh, it's very valid because I feel like it's been happening a lot more lately, like a lot more than in our past that I can remember, or maybe we're you know the culture is so much more like online that it's changed where we we're just brought to our attention and not necessarily happening more often. I don't really know. But basically, it seems like it's happening more often. But here, I wanted to say say something is that, uh, you know, I'm running a 1080 Ti and, you know, I'm getting great frame rates. But even when I'm loading into zones, only only really when I'm loading into zones, like I it, it is dipping in frames for me. And, and I mean, most people I know don't have that kind of car. They have like a 1060 or something a little more you know, mid range and they're still enjoying it, but they're having to like really take away the, their experience of the game by dropping down to like very low settings and, you know, low resolutions and stuff. So, I mean, it is kind of, you know, killing their, their enjoyment of the game. Like I understand people being really mad about it. So uh, I definitely get that. And I think it's justified, but I do want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because here, let me ask you a question. It, outside of Nintendo, what would you think, globally people would say is like the best game of all time maybe even or maybe like top three guest games of all time like just give me a guess it's kind of uh, as far as like franchises you would say no one game that is probably in most people's top three outside of nintendo outside nintendo i think you would have to put halo up there okay that's not it but i think grand theft auto would be up there one more yes <laughs> i know you i know you're looking at for borderlands i'm trying to give i'm trying to like no 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 no, not, not borderlands i'm not looking for borderlands um you've heard me talk about it non-stop and you've never played it we're not talking about hearthstone are we top three games no. of... okay we're talking we're talking about skyrim here okay i yeah. i can <laughs> i would so, agree i would say top 10 top 10 yeah, well, I mean, on most across most people's you know feelings towards it, like I guess outside Nintendo, because I knew if I asked you what the best game of all time, like your first, your top ten were going to be like ninety percent Nintendo. So no, I was my, my number one's Horizon to... Zero Dawn, but you you asked about the masses, so yeah. So, <laughs> but anyways, with that being said, uh, Skyrim when it came out was 
so buggy. Like, it was like, honestly, people, I heard people say stuff like, Bethesda should have worked on this for literally another year before releasing it. And they just up and released it. And it became one of the most beloved games ever. And so, you know, I want to play a little bit of Devil's Advocate here and say, like, you know, it kind of sucks. But in all reality, all this criticism we're seeing, I think it's still those people that are salty that Steam didn't get the exclusivity. And it's just like a vocal minority. And that the game is seriously great. I mean, I'm loving the game. I love it so much. And it's kind of being taken away with this criticism. Even though it's justified, it's still, I think, a little bit of an overreaction. Especially when you consider scenarios like Skyrim where it's like, you know, one of the most beloved games ever. Yeah, when it launched, there was bugs like crazy. Like, quests didn't work. People, entire, you know, it still was a great game, you know? So I just, I kind of want to say that, you know, I can see both sides in that. I think it's justified. I think Gearbox is more to blame than 2K personally, even though um, you think the opposite. I mean, I understand your, your feelings towards I that. I think Gearbox is to blame in part of 2K. Whereas, like, we, if this game was delayed a few months, let's say, like, two months, as disappointing as that would be, if it came out better, I don't think we're having this conversation. I think we're just saying, oh, that sucks. Whereas right. I think Gearbox is to blame, but we see Gearbox's issues because 2K probably forced those issues to be shown to the light. I can and see that's that. Kind of my I mean, that's, that's definitely, like, I mean, definitely possible for sure. I just, I'm not sure. I've, I, I don't know enough about 2K because I don't play a lot of their games personally outside of Borderlands. So, you know, you're probably right, but... I guess the final thing I'll say about it is, like, I think on top of everything we've said that these people that are review bombing the Steam, like, I just, I kind of feel bad because it looks like Borderlands 2 has terrible reviews, but it's, like, one of my favorite games. Definitely, like, story-wise, so far, it's better than Borderlands 3 as far as story goes, but, you know, Borderlands 3 is, like, it's a whole different thing. Anyways. Yeah, whereas, I, think, I mean, Halo, Halo 2 had a better storyline than Halo 3 when you really think about it, but it's still, like... Halo 3 is is just a masterpiece of its own that's untouchable. Right. Like it has its exactly. own size to it. That's a good example. Um, but I guess the last thing I'd say is that this vocal minority kind of needs to chill out a little bit. In my opinion, yeah. even though the criticism is justified. Right. My final point is that, and you, you kind of mentioned Nintendo a second ago, and you know, I think for once we don't have like an actual Nintendo topic on here, so we're gonna we're I'm gonna yeah, that's throw rare. out Nintendo anyways. Yeah, that's rare. Um, you know, Nintendo has the weakest console, yet they always have they don't have issues with their games. You yeah, think hits, about that, man. and yeah. that's why that's why I always have an issue with these other companies and such that that are like that that have these issues because the weakest console somehow has the most prettiest games because. Nothing ever looks wrong with Zelda or Mario or anything like that. And and they were honest about delaying Animal Crossing. They were just like, look, we want the best game we ready. can give you. We're going to delay right. it almost an entire half a year to give our team a break, a refresher, breathe in, and then come back and, and make this game what it should be. So, I mean, and no one, I mean, Animal Crossing fans are upset, but everyone respects it. And I think Animal Crossing fans prefer that. I mean, I think at the end of the day... You know, if, if if they said this game's going to get delayed too much just to make sure the game is as perfect as possible, I don't think you have an issue with that. Over the last weekend, the Hearthstone Grandmaster Tournament was held. 
It was a lot of drama surrounding Psycho making a huge misplay, though. It was later revealed on Twitter that Psycho was playing an auto chess 1 million qualifier match while simultaneously running, competing in the Hearthstone match. Yeah. This, caused, <laughs> this is what caused the misplay. And that drama definitely got intensified when Blizzard revealed that they kind of gave it the okay for him to do that. Um, yeah. So, Rinden, <laughs> you know, we, you, you know, you're passionate about Hearthstone. We've had a lot of conversations about it. You know, you know very well that the Hearthstone scene on esports is, is kind of having a struggle. So this probably yeah. doesn't help all that much, Rinden. You know, is this, how bad does this look? And how do you think they need to, you know, paint the picture over this and keep it moving? Yeah, um, it looks bad. I mean, it looks really bad. The The idea of some someone doing this, like, you know, the scenario is bad enough from Psycho's point of view of like, oh, that's kind of a jerk move. But then knowing that Blizzard was didn't say yes, didn't say no, w- what I know of it, and there's no official statement, um, they basically told him that sounds difficult, but it's something that you, they said psycho put on Twitter that something to the effect that it sounded difficult to blizzard, but if anyone could do it, it'd be someone like you. And that was basically their answer. And then after the whole scenario happened and he got disqualified for the grandmasters, that's what happened at the end of this. He, the blizzard made a statement saying that it wasn't, good sportsmanship but they didn't officially say that they said it was okay or they didn't they didn't den- say the deny or say that they actually said it was okay so pretty much confirmed that blizzard did sanction it they but knew it. they knew about it they knew it was going to happen and once it started happening it became very obvious so there's a clip of the the whole scene happening where the casters themselves are, are like commenting on it like they they can't say that he's that he's doing this he they can't say that he was obviously playing another or he wasn't paying attention to this Hearthstone game but you could obviously see he was so in the video he's playing the match and you can kind of see him looking away at another monitor he kept looking away and he's playing and so the casters couldn't say anything, and then finally, after he made this big misplay, which I don't really want to explain the misplay because a lot of people wouldn't understand it who don't play Hearthstone, but basically, it was like the most basic play you have to make in in this game. Like it's like no one would have missed that. I wouldn't have missed it, and I, I'm not even I've never even made it fully to legend yet. So I think like if someone who's seen as a pro can't makes this misplay, there's something going on, and it was very obvious he was looking away and stuff. And the casters, I mean, literally got mad and started, like, roasting him on stream. It was so funny. Yeah. And they ended up having to apologize by the end of it and say that, you know, they weren't roasting him because he made a genuine mistake. They roasted him because officially they couldn't say he made a mistake because he was distracted. But it was very obvious. So unofficially they said, you know, I would never have done that. I would never have roasted him like I did by just being that it was yeah, a mistake. outside of this circumstance that that happened right and it, it was just very unprofessional and then it was on blizzard's side it was just looks really bad that they were kind of a, like sanctioned it to happen and 
you know, auto chess kind of got thrown in the mix of this because of, you know, the fact that he was playing a qualifier for them. But overall, because I haven't followed her stone and um, I know you are limited in your knowledge on it. I'll say the esports scene, it definitely, like you said, has been struggling because over, over time, the format in which they play has changed and the viewership for esports has gone down and blizzard, overall as a east from an esports side struggles as much as blizzard does amazing on other in other scenarios in esports they literally shut down the esports version of uh here's the storm like a year ago simply because they just had no viewership they just it's not their strong point so her soul especially in the past year has just been kind of playing fast and loose and the the team has gotten smaller because they've had to lay off people and stuff so Mm -hmm. It's just a mess right now, and then the fact that yeah. they sanctioned this, it just makes it look even worse, and Psycho got disqualified and kind of in disgrace, honestly, and so, I don't know, it's just kind of rough. I, I think going forward, they're going to have to really save some face and like either apologize or, you know, sweep this under the rug really hard. I just don't think they're going to be successful at doing that because, I mean, this is something that you really don't forget if you're in this, you know, in the scene. Yeah, well, I I had a couple chuckles throughout all this running because I can only imagine, you know, in the middle of of Hearthstone gameplay, just, he just screaming checkmate. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think auto just works like that, but I I, no, I have to but imagine it's it. Funny. No, yeah. <laughs> well, and then I, I, kinda... just kind of imagine, but it, but this is a really bad look. Uh, it, it, I don't have to know about Hearthstone to to know that this is a bad look. Um, it, it doesn't really matter where it happens. But when you know that Hearthstone is struggling and, you know, the Hearthstone community is a very niche community and those who love it, love it. It's very hard to get in it, especially from watching, because, you know, you and I, we talk about Mario Maker a lot. It's I don't think it's as entertaining as that. If you are of a strategic mindset, you love to play and you're looking to better yourself. I think this is where you get in into it. And, and really analyze people's moves and their decks and, and such like that. Right. But this obviously doesn't help in in the, I guess, quest to try to make Hearthstone more popular. And which is, we've, we've, we've had an episode many, that we've referenced multiple times. It was one of our best episodes where we questioned if Hearthstone was dying. We, we've been seeing some good things from Hearthstone as of recently. You know, it's just sad that we're kind of having to struggle back and forth with it when it's been doing things that should be progressing it forward. And we would hope right. the, the community would help it do that as well. So this is a really bad look. Um, again, you know, the players much better than I do. It seems like you the way you speak of Psycho, he seems like he should have done better overall in the tournament, as well as just the play that he made seem like something that was pretty dumb yeah even that you should even it's one of those where if you were playing on your computer online and you're texting someone while playing it you wouldn't make a move like this yeah i mean i probably still wouldn't have made that misplay it was that much so he was he was definitely his concentration was definitely being pulled in two different directions and was not able to handle it and i mean the thing, the thing is, it kind of also has a, says a statement about the state of like people who do esports for a living, because you know it's like he was having to choose from the ability to potentially make a million dollars. Well, I think the pot's a million dollars for the 
Otter Chess uh, tournament. And if he doesn't get through that qualifier match, then he wouldn't even be in the pool to get some of that winning money. But at the same time, the way the Hearthstone Grandmasters works, if anyone doesn't know, the, the people who are in the Grandmasters is, are actually invited by Blizzard to a certain extent. Some of them do actually earn spots, but by the most part, the the people who are playing are actually invited by Blizzard. So they're actually getting paid, even if they don't win. So Psycho is being paid by Blizzard in this scenario. And mm. Blizzard said it was okay. So it's like, even on like a level well, of being an entertainment... Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you don't mind me cutting in, do you know how much uh, Psycho gets paid for being in that tournament? No, there's that's not released. It's almost... It's more like a salary... Uh, you know, so then it is. You know, I, I I guarantee you that if if technically he's invited by Blizzard, and you think about this, where Blizzard needs as much hype going into Hearthstone as it needs, there's a thing I, I you've heard me talk about this a lot because this is something that I've learned in business. So when you and I talk off podcast and business stuff, you hear me say the power of viability. It's very it, it's it's called the power because it is very powerful are you needed, you know? And I think there was a point where psycho probably said, and this is how I imagine kind of all this happened. Psycho saying, yeah, but I'm going to be in this auto chess thing for, you know, a million dollars at this time too. If you want me, you have to accept the fact that this will be happening. And I think that's where you kind of go into blizzard. Didn't okay. It, they didn't not okay. It, they knew it was happening and try to hope for the best, because they needed someone like Psycho to hopefully draw in more people. And they're getting press from having Psycho in there that they accomplished. Is it the press that they wanted? I don't no. know if we can say <laughs> so. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's just kind of yeah, what I see happening. Because, fair, I yeah. mean, uh, let's be real. There are some esports tournaments where you can make a lot of money. Others, especially when you, you talk about a struggling one, mm, you know, Zero said that he's making more money streaming and doing endorsements and such like that than he ever made doing all those tournaments. And he went on, what, a 51 to 56, I forget what the number, win streak? Right. In Smash 4? Then you mean you won 50-plus grand money, grand prize monies. I don't know if all these tournaments have money in them, but I, I'm sure they had some sort of prize. And you make it more money commentating on the game and having Twitch streamers view you all the time than, than that, you know, it's like, while you're commentating, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, it's right. like, I don't want to, I don't want to bash psycho because I don't know what his, his struggles are at the same time from the other information you've given me that, that you are personally invited by blizzard and that you are technically on some sort of salary and, and have guaranteed money. There has to be another level of respect that you need to show at the same time. So it's a bad look. It's a fortunate, uh, at the same time, if Psycho needs to get the moolah, then I'm not going to get too upset about it. Cause, you know, yeah, really? I hope, every, I hope he wins everything, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like, you can't blame Psycho too too much. I mean, obviously, it shows a level of unprofessionalism that I think is kind of embarrassing. Like, you know, he should be embarrassed a little bit. But the fact that Blizzard just kind of knew it was happening and let it happen anyways... And didn't you know demand say hey you're you're either disqualified or you uh, you know 
or you're playing this game and you cannot play both at the same time, you know, they have a little bit of power there. So it's like more, I'm more angry with Blizzard and the way that they're treating esports in general, specifically Hearthstone esports, because it's been a rough time. And, you know, they need to kind of figure their things out as much as like Psycho is really the reason that all this happened. Their knowledge of it makes me, you know, it kind of drills, drives home the idea that the esports section of Hearthstone is mismanaged right now and they really need to get their act together. Last question. Do you think Psycho's invited back? Definitely not. I think (laughs) he is going to be, if he's in Hearthstone at all, it'll be through channels where you have to earn your way in and even at that rate i don't know if her if uh blizzard's gonna let him come back well, he's definitely yeah. not gonna be paid by blizzard to appear like he yeah. used to well again power <laughs> viability is something i, I think uh, first step is an apology and then second step is showing yeah. that he really wants to be there if he so desires to but and i want to say before we end up in this uh, psycho did apologize blizzard just made a statement about his disqualification and didn't confirm or deny whether or not they knew, which basically meant they knew. So really, Blizzard, the apology that you're calling for and that I agree with, it needs to come from Blizzard, not from Psycho. Because it's already happened from Psycho. So Google has announced that they sold out of their Founders Edition uh, for Stadia, the uh, Founders Edition subscription level that we talked about. Uh, They sold out of it in the EU and are no longer selling it, but they are bringing something called the Premier Edition to that region so that EU gamers will be able to buy in. Details in the bundle have not been released yet. I did see something somewhere that it said it might be a white controller instead of that really cool-looking blue controller. Um, I don't know if that's not confirmed yet, but Austin, do you think they actually have sold out, or do you think this is some kind of marketing scheme to make people believe that Stadia is bigger than it actually is? Well, one thing that we do know that definitely did sold out was their Chromecast Ultra, or so they're saying, and they're saying that has to do with the fact that people are just buying them in stores, but they said a large majority of why they are out of stock is because of how many people bought into the founders edition. So I wonder oh, okay. if it's going to be a controller and the, it's, it could be a couple things, but do I think that they have sold out? At first I said, no, no way. Mm-mm. But then I thought about the EU, you know, Renan, I don't know if you know this, I, I and and I may have to do more research on it, but just kind of quick thinking on a stat I saw, you get way faster internet and more data in the European countries for a lot less money. And okay. when you think about that, and you think about the major cities in Europe, because there's a lot of them, and Europe's a much you know bigger you know when you when you think of the grand scheme of Europe and how many people have they they might be more than us um i can see it selling out in some sort of way because i think people might be more prone to it or accept accepting of it over there than over here in the u.s with that said do i think that they sold a lot 
you could sell, you can only have three items run in and sell out. So what what did it take to sell out for them? A thousand? Ten thousand? Fifteen thousand? That we don't know. And so I think that this I, I think it's possible they sold out. Or sold out of one of the things that they needed to make the Founders Edition what is the Founders Edition. However, yeah. I think that they are overplaying that term sold out and to okay. make it seem more appealing than it possibly could be. And so I think it's a marketing scheme mixed with some truth or white lies. If that yeah, makes like, sense. Like one of those blizzard scenarios where you're not confirming or denying. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, I am not on so far on the, I, uh, on the idea of like, it being a conspiracy, but I could see them doing that. I, I definitely could see them losing stock of Chromecast ultras. Um, and you know, saying, Oh, they're just so popular selling on stores, but in all reality, they're being taken up by this, this bundle that's showing up. So I, I don't, I think one of those is not the truth. So it's like either they are actually selling more and it's not a scheme and ultras are are getting are being like uh, shortened because of that because you, you're promised an ultra with the founders edition, or the ultras are literally just being bought and they're trying to make it seem like a way bigger deal than it actually is. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like you said, in the EU they have a lot more economical scenarios when it comes to the internet and there's not as many rural areas that are suffering from not having the ability to connect and you know i would say that that's very appealing if you have great internet then stadia something like that probably is appealing more to people over there than it is in america i mean america first of all has like so many more people and there's this idea of like um owning your own stuff and like a lot of people I know don't like the idea of not ever owning the game physically. And I'm not sure people in the EU are hung up on that like we Americans are. I don't know if that's a generalization and kind of harsh to say. But it, to me, it just seems like something Americans would do, <laughs> to be honest. Like, no, I want to own my my copy of this game. And I want it to be physical and I want it to be in my hand. <laughs> you know, like I just could yeah. see us doing that and not the EU. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure it's a marketing scheme to be honest personally, but it wouldn't be surprising because Stadia has, it came out swinging and made this amazing announcement project stream. It ran pretty well as far as we know. And then everything else that we've gotten for it, as far as their claims and stuff has been pretty disappointing, honestly. So yeah. I think that they are maybe, if it is a scheme, then I could understand it coming at this moment with how people have been receiving the stadium news because the stadium news has been kind of underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. I want to make uh, three quick points here that I think are very interesting and they just kind of came to me. Number one, Google, I would say Google's a pretty decent sized company, wouldn't you say, Rendon? I, I, I think they do. All no, right. it's tiny, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, who am I kidding? Um, would you say that Google pushes 
a thing. I don't know. It's I think it's called Google Analytics. Yeah. But they have a lot of numbers involved. I think if you're Google, you know very well how much of one thing that you have sold. And I think if you were truly proud of your numbers, I think that number would be revealed. And so what you were saying earlier, I think there's a combination of the Chromecast Ultra being sold out from the Founders Edition on top of the fact that people just may want a Chromecast Ultra and buy it in stores. I could very well see it being a combination of both. But them trying to blow the smoke that it is a lot to do with the fact that the Founders Edition is available, I don't know if I believe that. Because I'm not getting numbers from a place called Google who is doing their absolute most every time they show face on Stadia to say that is the next greatest thing. But then I think about the games that they're giving out, Renan. You know, they talk about Doom. They've shown off Assassin's Creed. They showed off Boulder's Gate 3. When I think about it, these games do very well in the European area. They actually do extremely well in the European area. And then when you think about even just little things, like when they were showing off that random graphics thing, they were showing off like the Van Gogh painting and such, which is a painting European derived, I would say. (laughs) Random little things of psychology, I guess. But it it makes sense that I guess they would use Europe for this because I can technically see that not being such a far stretch when you take it from that perspective. Third interesting point, I've already forgot. But I had two really okay. good ones there to throw out there. So. <laughs> no, I understand. Um, yeah, and you know, the, the point you made about Google Analytics is interesting and says a little bit to me as well because, you know, they know so much about everything because they have the, you know, Google's search engine and they have so much data on everyone and everything that you would probably you could probably assume that they know how big Stadia is as far as like how their people are receiving it, you know, market research and all the all the data they have, they can probably come to assumption if if Stadia needs to be um, you know, kind of boosted and give give people the idea that it's bigger than it actually is. Like they could be blowing blowing it up simply because they do have that data on how it's being received currently. And if it's negative, they could be like, oh, well, let's just say it's sold out so that people think it is still cool and, like, you know, use that psychology against them. I mean, there's always always a possibility. You never really know. Yeah. E3 is desperate to save itself, Austin. Um, we kind of knew this already, but the ESA, they that's the uh, corporation who owns E3, is reportedly looking for, quote, paid media partnerships. There's been a lot of speculation as to what this actually means, but most likely it means more celebrity appearances and attractions. Is this a new direction that we gamers want to see, or is this more of like a plea and kind of similar to the GameStop scenario where we're kind of like, you know, E3, just go ahead and die. I don't know. What what do you think, Austin? I have a little more to say on it, but I want to get your first thought on this. You know, I'm trying to think back 
I don't remember if it was Usher or John Lennon. It was one of those that showed up at an E3 for Chess Chess Dance. I forget which number because I don't care about Chess Chess Dance. Like, Chess Chess Dance 1000. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I don't think anyone was necessarily hyped on that, mostly because it's gamers. I don't know if gamers are Usher's biggest demographics because there's a lot of crowds <laughs> that yeah. would scream if Usher walked out and, you know, like the Elvis type scream. Now, we saw a couple other things that they're talking about. They want to get more celebrity, social media influencer people around. They're talking about making E3 a three-day event where the first day is all only social influencer and big media and then the other two days are open for all they were talking about other plans you know floor plans they wanted to make things more simple and for people to get around they were also talking about having like gaming setups tournaments and and holding people you know holding photo shoots for some of the celebrities that they come here is this a direction i want to see no i don't i don't really care and again at this point we're watching we're seeing it fizzle out they're seeing the desperation now uh, I think Sony not being there hurt them. I, I, I think it's I think it's interesting that Sony doesn't show up one year. This is kind of the reaction we see. And Microsoft, right. they didn't have a bad E3. I just think it wasn't as good as they hyped it up to be. Now, yeah. I think that you could bring in celebrities. That could make some hype. Specifically, Jack Black, T-Pain. Celebrities who are known for other things but also have their own Twitch channels or, or whatever they have and, and getting them to show up because I think people might be excited to see personalities like that. And I think they would actually be well open to it. T-Pain's really not that active as much as he used to be these days. I don't think Jack Black is as much either. Uh, I think Jack Black is still very active. I, I think he would make time for a day or two at an event like this. Yeah, so, shout out to Jablinski Games. He was actually at E3 this past game, this past year. Yeah, uh, exactly. So it's it's. I, I think that there are certain people you could bring in, but and again, I, I don't think EA needs to go hard on trying to bring celebrities. On top of that, I don't think they have that much money to do it because you know the last two times that we've brought up the ESA was money issues, and that E3 is saving them basically. There's yeah, yeah, they're struggling so, putting money towards it. So I mean, is there a way to do it? I'm sh- yeah. Will they pull it off the way that it should be done for us to actually care? No, they won't. I don't think so. But what's your take? I think that they are being distracted by the last few E3s and what they think works and what they think people like, but aren't actually connected enough to know that it's not what we want. So what I mean by that is last year, I mean... The main thing people remember about E3 last year was Keanu Reeves saying, you're breathtaking. I mean, that's... I agree. You know, (laughs) that is (laughs) obviously true because of the memes and the just memorability of that scenario. And it's almost like I think they're looking at that and maybe a few other things that have happened in the past where they're like, oh, we just need to make that more memorable. But in all reality, people like us that are actually looking at it, you know, that's a funny thing and the memes are good, but... You know, it's all flash, no substance. And so, you know, I think that they could be confused by not having, you know, a legitimate 
you know, read on what people are actually wanting from E3. Because what people are actually wanting from E3 is the substance and not just the Keanu Reeves being cool. So I think that, uh, you know, that's a little bit of a bad, uh, you know, that's like a, it's, a, you know, it's bad hindsight on their part. You know, I think that they're, they're just reading into the wrong things. Um, a couple things that they, that have been mentioned in this whole, uh, scenario about the paid media partnerships, uh, that I wasn't able to mention at the beginning is there's two more things that, uh, two more ideas that they've kind of went with. I think one's a really good idea and one's a really bad idea. Um, one is they are, um, playing with the idea of paying actual outlets similar to how Blizzard pays ESPN to put Overwatch on their, um, on their network. And, actually get E3 on some media outlets similar to like, uh, you know, maybe not ESPN, but something that's not just online on the internet, which well, they used uh, to do that. Yeah. And they're, but they're, that's part of the paid media partnerships as well is that they're actually going to be going even harder in that and getting it on more channels where people can access it in more traditional ways like TV instead of just on the internet. So, I mean, that's, that's an okay idea. I'm not sure if I really like it. it. To me, on all reality, you know, gamers, quote gamers, are all on the internet already, like Twitch and stuff like that. Like, I'm not sure it's really going to do what they think it is. So it seems like another bad hindsight scenario, in my opinion. Um, also, they had another idea of, and this is the weirdest one, and I think it's a terrible idea. They want they wanted to do something that when I, whenever I, at the beginning of the topic we talked about the attractions and this is one of the ideas they had they proposed a consumer focused attraction such as basketball players participating in a tournament to market a game and i'm not sure that's a good idea because i think maybe the it might market 2k 2021 or something like that but in all it's like if that's one of their big ideas then they're gonna need a lot more than that because i'll tell you right now a huge portion of the uh, gamers in the gaming community don't really care about sports in general and True. basketball is I don't know on that on that spectrum I'm not sure how big of it holds as far as like how much gamers like so I'm not sure I like that idea too much True at this at the same breath I think in the grand scheme of of people you could bring in basketball players might not be the worst because I think at heart a lot of them are gamers too and they like to play a bunch of different games and That's true you know, I think E3, you're definitely going to get the more not caring of other niches type people. They're going to care more about the games. But at the same time, I think it would be a relatively open, well-received appearance. You know, but let's let's go back to the Keanu Reeves things for a second because that, that was a great point. But that I don't think that was the ESA or E3 that did that. You know, who made Cyberpunk? 2077 CD Project Red or who's yeah. who's yeah behind them. I think that was CD Project Red doing that. So in the same breath, if let's say Halo did something big for ODST at the next O3 and they brought the act the voice actor for Buck, I forget who the act I forget what his name is. Nathan or Fillion. If, yeah, well, yeah, him, Nathan Fillion. Or if uh, you know. Death Stranding, Square Enix, not Square Enix, sorry. Uh, Norman Reedus. Yeah, they brought in Norman Reedus. I forgot who's making Death Stranding, but it wasn't it wasn't Square Enix. Uh, they brought in Norman Reedus. That's a science. I don't know if 
the ESA themselves can bring because though they had a reason for their appearance or Norman Reedus did and the others I just named would have a reason for their appearance and I think that you know I think Norman Reedus would be a big deal because I think a lot of gamers probably like The Walking Dead or at least when it first came out and I think that as far as people who actually you know who may not care too much about The Walking Dead anymore I still think I'm pretty fond of Norman Reedus's character that's my opinion I could be wrong but for the you know I, I don't think the E3 is just going to be able to go out there grab random celebrities and say hey, ooh look at this you know I, I, I don't think it's I agree work the same science it doesn't I think mean they that, think it might <laughs> that yeah I, it won't now I, again I, it's not saying that celebrities can't go in there now will someone pull off what Norman Reedus did probably not I think Norman Reedus is probably going to be your peak as far as that science but it doesn't mean it can't be good it doesn't mean it can't be entertaining from someone else but it's gonna be tough. Yeah. Well, the final thought I kind of have on this is that when it comes to celebrities, if they're wanting to bring in people like that, ultimately those people would be what you'd call it influencers, right? And if they're bringing in influencers, they just need to involve the Twitch community and the streaming community more than anything. Like celebrities, pay don't pay spend all that money paying millions of dollars to get a celebrity to come to an event like this. Pay smaller amounts of money or the same amount of money to smaller amounts of people to get people like Grand Pooh Bear and, uh, you know, Ryukar and I'm trying to think of anyone that's not well, Mario Maker. Think about anyone. when Nintendo did the their Smash opens. I mean, they had Zero, MKLeo, Nairo, right. people like that come. And, you know, I, I think that brought in a lot of attention to it on top of the fact that it was Smash and, you know, yeah. that's a rabid community. Because those are influencers that actually matter. Like, you can pay a celebrity to come in and say something and be like, oh, that's cool and all, but it's like, if they don't really play games themselves, then it's not going to mean the same much much as we get a whole community of streamers. Almost like, do a little mini TwitchCon in the middle of E3. Like That's true. It's At just... the same time, that's that's tough, because most people on, sh- on Twitch are competitive players or niche players. If you're a Super Mario Sunshine runner, you're a Super Mario Sunshine runner. You know, uh, we like, you know, we rave about the Mario Maker community. And I think that they're a lot more flexible than most. I I think the, you know, but it's like, are you going to be able to pull that off with something like a Death Stranding? You know, I mean, yeah, no, you're not going to bring Ninja in. He's a Fortnite player. Obviously, Fortnite, unless Fortnite does something incredibly different at, at an E3 on some announcement and bring him in, you know, I could see that happening then. But at the same time, I think that. I don't disagree with you at all. I'm not trying to knock that point. I just think that there's... I think that is also harder to pull off than it would. At the same time, I think that would be a a bad idea on the sense that if for some reason before E3 happens, oh, Ninja's going to be there playing Fortnite. All of a sudden, that already gives way to, you know, Epic's probably have something up their sleeve. If Grand Pooh Bear is invited to an E3 three years from now, I'm going to go ahead and guess that Super Mario Maker 3 is showing up, in which case yeah. it kills some of the hype a little bit. So there's also all that potential for leaks, which is kind of what's been killing E3 as well. So I, it would, it's not a bad idea, Rendon. So I don't hope you think I'm knocking it. I'm just, I just think that that's. That's another. That's a lot more hurdles than I think the E3 or the ESA is going to be able to jump. Yeah. 
So I guess the takeaway is E3 is screwed. <laughs> we said that last time, so I, I don't think that changes. I mean, you look at it. I mean, look at my final take. You know, we talk about GameStop and their redesign, and you know, when we first start talking about it, you know, GameStop's trying to put tournaments in their stores now. Well, what's different from what E3 is just now doing? We want tournaments at E3 now. What's different? You know, right? That's They're, true. It's the same strategy, and and we don't think GameStop's going to survive that long. You know, it's these things are fizz- we're at this point now where these things are fizzling out at this point. You know, it's like the change is coming. Yeah, and it's not so much of a bad thing because we like the Nintendo Directs, and if more if all the companies did their own Nintendo Directs more often than just one time a year, I mean, I think we'd all be satisfied with that anyways. It just sucks for E three. Because they're just fighting for the relevancy, and it's just not going their way. So, but with that said, that is another episode of the Player Five podcast. Um, very interesting one. It was it was a little more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I was kind of looking at the doc uh, earlier in the week, and I was kind of like, I don't know how this. Is. I, I like how this went. So, um, yeah, if you would uh, just rate and review the show, uh, if you really like it, if you leave reviews, it really helps other people find the show. So. We really appreciate that. Also, uh, on Twitter, we are at Player5Pod and on Instagram at Player5 underscore podcast. Um, you know, talk with us there and uh, maybe we'll shout you out with uh, one of your topics. It suggests something we want you want us to talk about. We really appreciate any kind of feedback. Heck yeah. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely a fun episode. Can't wait to see y'all next week. See ya.